Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey guys, welcome to Kyle Brandt's Basement. This is my basement, and if you hear childlike frivolity during the show today, that is my son who's right outside that door playing with his new laser tag that Santa Claus brought him. He's so fired up about it. I will be joining him after I do the show today, but first, so much to bring you. Huge games. They're coming. They're, com- they're going to be here before you know it. They're not going to be tonight. Tonight's game might absolutely be terrible. I'll talk about that in a little bit too, Cowboys-Titans. But big games this weekend that are going to be like that. Now you're done. Get out of my face. Leave. Exit stage left games for some of these teams. We have to talk about that. We have to talk about Derek Carr. Tough to put a finger on that one, isn't it? Define Derek Carr's legacy. There's a whole army of apologists and there's a whole army of critics. We'll get into that. And then Russell Wilson is going to comprise our What's Hilarious segment, which is really where he should just set up shop and be there all the time. Also, Social Media Cemetery. You guys sent the things that you absolutely hate in social media, like someone who does the clapping emoji between every tweet and text and word. It's terrible. Uh, So we're going to kill those. We're going to bury them. I'm going to have my shovel, put them in the ground. It's really fun, and we really feel better when it's done. We always feel better when it's done, and we always feel better when we start with what I love, what I hate, And what is hilarious? Let's go off the front of the iron. Let's go. Come on. All right, I love that it's Deadwood Week in the NFL. What do I mean by that? Get out of here if you're not a good team. I don't care what your record is anymore. I'm tired of looking at the scenarios. I'm tired of looking at the Deadwood. Leave. Start the offseason. Go to Tulum. Go to Instagram. Get out of my sight. Get off of CBS, Fox, NBC, Amazon, ESPN. Just get out of here. This is the week we start to clear out some of the dead wood. There's games here that are clean and simple. Executions. Drop the guillotine. Your season's over. I don't want to look at you anymore. There's teams that are a little more complicated, but I like some of the cleaner ones. You want a clean one? Dolphins at Patriots. How about this? Patriots lose, and goodbye, you are done. Goodbye, Bill Belichick. Goodbye, bratty little Mac Jones. We will always remember your team. Why? Because you made the most hilarious, most inexplicable play in the history of tackle football a couple of weeks ago against Las Vegas. Patriots are out if they're done. I sit every day with a gentleman who won the Super Bowl with the Patriots named Jason McCourty, whose twin brother is still on the Patriots. If you could hear the chatter during the commercial break segments of his communication with Devin and where Devin's head's right now. Devin's a consummate pro. He's trying to get this thing back on the rails, but man, I'm interested for the end of the season to hear what the Patriots have to say. And in my opinion, the end of the season will be in, what's today, Thursday? It'll be in three days. That's it. Dolphins a little more complicated. Dolphins lose, believe me, they're screwed. They just keep losing and losing and losing. And the quarterback situation is going to be Teddy Bridgewater. It's dire. The Tua stuff is tough. If they lose to the Patriots and keep the Patriots alive, God help us, um, it's a little messy, but they're probably screwed too. And more importantly, I don't care what the scenario says. They're currently seventh in the AFC. I don't want teams that just keep losing and losing and losing. Titans, get out of here. Dolphins, get out of here. I want the quality. May the cream rise to the top. I would much rather have the Jaguars than the Dolphins. The Jaguars are winning. I don't care what you were doing in September. I really don't. I care what you're doing now. Dolphins really, really in bad shape if they lose. Next game. Hell yes. My NFC South. 
my guys, all three of them. I'll even throw the Falcons in. Panthers at Buccaneers. This is Darnold versus Brady. This is a big one. Panthers lose their out. We know that. Panthers, tough shape. You look at the Panthers right now in the standings. Holy crap, I can't believe this game is even relevant. Panthers 6-9. and nine. But they've won three of their last four. Three of the last four is massive in the NFC South. You're a dynasty. Yeah, I mean, you are, you're, you're an incredible, unstop, unstoppable force. Three out of four in the NFC South right now, it is like you're this Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s. You are an unbeatable machine. The Steel Curtain. In this case, it would be the Teal Curtain, I guess, for Carolina. If they lose, though, regrettably, they're out. If the Buccaneers win, they win. The Buccaneers win this game, they're going to the playoffs. And you're going to see yet again Tom Brady playing a home playoff game for the 50,000th year in his career. And here we go. We had Ryan Leaf on Good Morning Football today, and he did this whole breakdown, not of Brady, of one of the hottest quarterbacks in the month of December. If you look at him, if you just line up the best quarterbacks performance-wise in December, it's uh, Jared Goff, it's Patrick Mahomes, um, Brock Purdy, and my guy, Sam Darnold. He's up there. He's playing really well, really well. Three out of four, it's like everything that he was supposed to be as a Jet. Quick, decisive throws. He runs around a little bit. I want the Panthers to win this game so bad. I just want it so bad. And in fact, you know what? I, I don't want to contradict myself. I want them to tie this game so bad. I just want to tie. Because the NFC South is already so gross that I want to ch pull the pin on that tie grenade and toss it in there and just have it be uglier. I want three digits in these teams' record and I want everyone's ears to blow off the side of their head with how putrid the NFC South is and it will still have a winner. Tie or Panthers win? Um... Then we get to the other one. Jets versus Seahawks. Jets going all the way across the United States of America to Seattle, Washington in what will be billed as the Geno Smith revenge game. Um, Jets need to win the game, obviously. They're out if they lose. This is a true playoff game. Apparently, we're getting Mike White, and he's going up against the former Jets quarterback that we all love and love to talk about this stuff. Jets lose, they are just done, all right? Because the New York Jets, while they were a darling for a while, and we love that Bobby Sala, New York Jets are currently 7-8. and eight. If they fall to 7-9, and nine, see you later, and good riddance, get out of here. I wonder if we'll talk about Zach Wilson at all in the offseason. Huh. Seattle. Seattle's just hanging around. They're, we've talked about this many times. They're also one of the early season stories. They're 7-8. and eight, So they're fighting and scrapping and clawing to get to 500. Uh, they'll be eliminated with a loss and a few other things have to happen, but win and stay alive. Um, what I would, what, imagine if you're a Jet fan. Imagine this. I'm sorry already. It's already terrible. I could just go on to the next segment. Imagine if you're a Jets fan. No. Imagine if you're a Jets fan this year and it was all changing. It was all different. The defense is great and the rookies are great and the coach is great. And oh my gosh, you beat the Bills. You're going to win the division. No, nope, not going to win the division. Not going to get the wild card. Zach Wilson looks like an uh, unmitigated disaster. And even when you miss the playoffs, Sam Darnold gets in the playoffs and Geno Smith gets in the playoffs. Now that is amazing. What if that happens somehow? I don't know if it's possible. I need Mark Sanchez to come out of the announcer's booth, get onto a roster, and also make the playoffs. Imagine that. I'm friends with a lot of Jets fans. I just want it to happen so badly. So badly. But so that game's out of control. But that's the, those are the three, I think. Dolphins at Pats, tight. Panthers at Buccaneers, Jets at Seahawks. If I, if I, some men just want to watch the world burn, if I could pick who would win those games, just for the pure bedlam, uh, Patriots win to stay alive. 
Panthers definitely win to make it go down to week 18 in the worst division in the world. And let's say Jets win. Jets win, so they can stay alive. I just want chaos, guys. I don't want it, you know, I want the bad teams out. I'm, I'm contradicting myself. I do want the bad teams out once we get there, but this is one more week of muck, all right? Because I just want to be entertained. Don't you? That's what's fun. That's what I love. Let's get though to what I hate. It has to do with the AFC West. I hate what's become of Derek Carr. Derek Carr, I think, will never play another snap for the Raiders. I think it's done. Deactivated, away from the team. Don't even want you on the sideline. Don't even certainly don't want you in pads because we're going to do the prudent thing and go to Jarrett Stidham and give him his first NFL start as we toss him to the Wolves against the San Francisco 49ers defense. I hate what's happened to Derek Carr because Derek Carr should be a success story. Derek Carr has earned the right to have a shot. And I just mean that in, in the, from the 30,000-foot view. Derek Carr is everything you want in, in, a, in a player and in the sense that he is uh, a good guy who's respected by the media, by his teammates, by his opponents, hardworking, doesn't say the wrong thing, has been through hell and back with all the things they have put him through, no matter what city, what coach, what GM, what terrible off-the-field thing that's happened. He is always this, this uh, image of poise and composure and leadership, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good of a teammate you are. You've been there for nine years, and you have played in one playoff game. Nine years, and you have won zero playoff games. So while I hate that it's gone this way, and I do, I would like to see good things happen for Derek Carr. That's not the way it works. There's no, I'd love to tell you that the NFL is a fairy tale world. It's not. There's no deserve. What's that line from Unforgiven? Deserve's got nothing to do with it. And after nine years, the Raiders finally said, look, we know he's a good guy and we know he works really hard and he's been through a lot of crap and we put him through a lot of crap. <sighs> we never win with this guy. I don't care if it's his fault. He is the most highly paid player. He's the face of the organization and we need to change. It just think about what they're competing with. It's a really incredible legacy. Nine years with zero playoff wins, only one appearance. Look at the guys in the AFC. Mahomes in his second year moving the world. Joe Burrow in his second year going to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen's played in a bunch of playoff games. Lamar has. Deshaun Watson has. You can just keep going. Herbert is now joining the playoff field. He's getting experience. And it wasn't just that Derek Carr was in one playoff game in nine years. Is that it took until his eighth year to even get to that playoff game. And what happened in that playoff game? Well, they're driving down the field against the eventual AFC champions, and he throws a bad interception right at the goal line, and they lose it. That's Derek Carr. That's him. It's a tough legacy to put a finger on because there's a whole wave of apologists, and they say, he's really good, and he's never had a good defense, and they make terrible draft picks, and they do terrible things in a dysfunctional organization. I don't think any of that is wrong. I think that's all true, but I just don't care. It's not a reason to try it again and again and again. Maybe we'll get to 12 and 13 years and we'll still be saying Derek Carr doesn't have the right surrounding pieces or doesn't have the right situation. Come on. They went out and got him, his best buddy, maybe the best wide receiver in the world. They paid through the teeth to get him and they made a bunch of plays and it amounted to squat. Squat. You know, it's a funny thing with the media too because I think if this was another guy, 
if this was someone who's more polarizing, if this was someone who's a lightning rod or just had bad moments, I think that just the knives would be out. Finally, get rid of them, loser, washed up, whatever. There's none of that. The media likes Derek Carr because Derek Carr is a likable guy. I mean, we can't even begin to amount the, the number of things that he's gone through. Remember when they got Antonio Brown for him? <laughs> that, was, that was insane. And Derek Carr shut his mouth like he always does. You know what it is? Derek Carr is a good quarterback. And I'm almost insulting him. That's not, a, that's not really a compliment. It's tough to have a good quarterback these days. You almost don't want a good quarterback. You want a great quarterback. And in some ways, you want to quickly find out that you have a poor quarterback. But the good quarterback thing in today's NFL is tough because they're not good enough to win the conference, to win a Super Bowl. But they're not bad enough for you to move on with them. There is not a middle class amongst quarterbacks, either with their play or financially. Not one that can go on and do great things. It's very rare, very rare. I think it's interesting that the Raiders this week will be playing the 49ers because the 49ers are one of the few teams that can pull it off. And by pull it off, I mean they can do great things with a good, not great quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback, but they have amazing hand-picked parts and a very specific system and vision for what they want to do with it, and they have a killer defense. So you put somebody in who's not wildly talented or clutch or any of those things, who is not even in the same breath as Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, but they can still win because of the pieces. It's so hard though. It's really, really hard. And the Raiders certainly are not that. There's maybe two or three teams in the league that could even get away with that. Patriots last year got to the playoffs with Mac Jones as a rookie. I think they're part of that. But the Raiders, no. It's tough to have a good quarterback. Good quarterback can cost you a decade because you stick with them. You just hang out and hang out and hang out. I saw somebody compare. When we look back on this, on this era of the quarterbacks, we're going to look at all the great ones. And then there's going to be the, also these guys, the kind of forgotten ones. And I think Derek Carr is going to be in that Matt Ryan area, maybe even Phillip Rivers, where they were the face of the franchise for years. And they've put up incredible numbers. Derek Carr is the all-time Raiders passing touchdown leader, and they've been around forever. Derek Carr is. The difference is even, Matt Ryan played in 10 playoff games for the Falcons. He had that one year where he was the MVP. Matt Ryan won the NFC. Matt Ryan did a bunch of things. Derek Carr's done none of that stuff. None of it. Phillip Rivers won some playoff games. He was in a bunch of them. Derek Carr's done none of that stuff. So, yeah, you sympathize with Derek Carr because they put him through hell and they never gave him a good defense despite trying to pay for one this year. We have anything from the John Gruden affair to Antonio Brown to Henry Ruggs. Keep going and going and going and going. And he always keep his mouth shut and be great. Here's the thing. I'd like Derek Carr to be in my golf foursome. I would love him to be in my poker night. If my daughter was of the appropriate age, you want Derek Carr to marry your daughter. I just don't know if you want him to lead your offense in the fourth quarter. And you certainly don't want to pay him as much as they are to do it. I think everybody respects Derek Carr. I think they like him. Is anybody in the NFL afraid of Derek Carr? I don't think so. I don't think that there is a safety linebacker corner in the league who looks up and says, all right, 90 seconds left. Our defense is, we're out there and we got a four point lead and the Raiders got the ball and their 25 yard line coming out. Oh man, here comes Derek Carr. I don't think they say that. I, in fact, I know they don't. There's a lot of guys who are like, this is the man coming out here. Oh man, this is, this is Brady, this is Rodgers, this is Mahomes, whoever. 
I don't think there's any safety who says, oh man, here comes the sheriff, here comes Derek Carr. I think they're itching to jump a pass that he's gonna throw him, and he probably will. Great guy, not a great player, a good player. And right now, in the AFC especially, a good quarterback is not good enough. I hate that it didn't work out for Derek Carr, but I don't blame the Raiders. Let's get to what's hilarious. Speaking of things that didn't work out. So uh, Russell Wilson is hilarious again. Takes me back, man. Takes me back to doing high knees uh, on the airplane and all those good times we had with Russ back when the Broncos were still kind of relevant. But there's, uh, there's fresh blood right now because people want their pound of flesh for Nathaniel Hackett being fired in the middle of his first season as a head coach. And they're going out and saying, Russell Wilson got him assassinated. It's Russell Wilson's fault. It's because Russell Wilson was so terrible that he couldn't even get through his first year as a head coach because the quarterback was awful and they spent all this money to bring him in and they want blood from Russ. Shannon Sharp, you know, in many ways, an iconic Bronco, knows everything that's going on there, was, was riffing about it. And he was saying that Russell Wilson has his own office, his own private office within the Broncos facility. And he said he's got parking spots, spots, plural, at the Broncos practice facility. So everyone, everyone's laughing at that. Like, I am, that is hilarious. If there were multiple parking spots, like two, it's just, maybe it's three, I don't know. Two for Russell Wilson, like in case, I don't know, a friend of his wanted to come or his family, they, they also have a second spot. Whereas, you know, such and such seventh year left guard maybe doesn't have any spot. Uh, and then apparently McAfee has sources with Denver who said, no, he doesn't have multiple spots. <laughs> just, he should. He probably wanted them, but maybe that's where they finally said, no, Russ, we'll just give you one spot. It'll be the closest one. We'll put a little placard up there. Um, and it was the larger point for Shannon Sharp was the idea that I have hit on several times in several platforms that Russell Wilson is not a relatable leader and that he is not a fit. And I'm not just doing this to do another lap around and try to kneecap Russell Wilson again. There's, there's no sport in that. The relevance of it is, so now we're taking stock of where are we going with Denver. There's a lot of talks about they're going to hire some fancy new head coach. Russ isn't going anywhere. It, are they going to be able to make this work? And I highly doubt it. Highly doubt that the Denver Broncos, I don't care who they hire, are going to be contending for AFC West titles, let alone AFC titles, over the next couple of years with Russell Wilson. I just, I just think the movement and the moment for Russ has gone. I don't think he even knows who he is. I think he has this identity crisis and an obsession with fame and image and which cameras are on him and what they're doing. And I don't know what happened along the way um, to this kid who came out of Wisconsin from NC State and was a baseball player and was this great story. What an amazing athlete. And just showed up in Seattle and started making plays. And he was cool and he was fresh and he was such a great player. And then somewhere along the way, it became Russ and let him cook and let's ride. And I just think that you look at guys like Brady, all right? Brady has been in this league 20 plus years. Find a current or former teammate who has ever come out and take a shot at Brady. You just don't see it. You don't see guys being like, you know, Brady was uh, a jerk. Brady was an egomaniac. He doesn't have it. They love him. They love him. Look at the younger guys now. Josh, Josh Allen. Teammates love him. Josh makes a ton of money. 
He's very famous. He's in a bunch of national commercials. Everyone wants his autograph. He is the biggest star probably in the history of the Buffalo Bills. And the guys love him because he's just down to earth and he does his stuff and he wears the sweatpants and he's just cool. You have to have that. And if you don't have that, and if you are not relatable, you better be a killer of a player. Fine, maybe you're not the coolest guy, maybe you're not down to earth, maybe you can't relate to the sixth round draft pick who is your left tackle and you know isn't that outgoing and doesn't go on Instagram, fine. But you're an amazing player and Russ stopped being an amazing player this year and last year. And I'll tell this story again. First person story, and I think some people misinterpret it when I told it a few months ago. I work the NFL Honors Awards show. I've done it for years, and it is, it's the show at the end of the season. It's the night before the Super Bowl. It's the equivalent of the NFL Oscars. You hand out the MVP. You hand out the Walter Payton Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, all that stuff. I'm sure you've seen it. So a couple times I've been asked to work the red carpet, which you stand there like any other show, and you stand there with your microphone, and the people come along and say, hey, how you doing? Um, understand that the NFL Honors is a fun, easy, light celebration of football. That's the whole evening. The, all these players show up. They're not going to get hit. They're not going to be asked to what happened in that interception in the fourth quarter. Why isn't the offense working? It's none of that. You show up and you say, wow, you look great. Who are you looking forward to seeing tonight? How great that you were nominated for this award. What are you presenting? It's light. And they're all there. And Aaron Rodgers walks through, Travis Kelsey, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Von Miller, you name it. It's, it's a who's who. It's a really cool night. They're all in a great mood. It's not like their normal media deal where they're a little tense and maybe not sure where the question's going. They're just loose. They're half of them show up halfway in the bag. It, it's fun. Gronk is there. Just a great night. They all come up. They get out. They come by. They talk. Oh, great to see you. You know, like, there's a bunch of media outlets there. They do them all, and then they get to ours because we're the league. We're the NFL, so they talk to us, and it's so fun. Multiple years I've seen this. Russell Wilson pulls up. It's like the car door opens, and it's, you know, he gets out, and he's got the shades on. And then, you know, his, his, his wife comes out, and it's like they have this stone-faced air about them where I genuinely think that they think they're Jay-Z and Beyonce or they're Brad Pitt and Angelina and they just walk down this carpet and they walk by everybody. They don't stop, they don't smile, they don't do the interviews, they don't do any of that stuff. And we see them like, oh, hey, yo, Russ, yeah, come on over here. And this dude puts his hand up like that and just keeps walking. And it's not a me thing. It's not like he just dissed me or something. They don't do any of it. And as they're walking by it, it's like Mahomes, Lamar, J.J. <laughs> Watt, Aaron Donald. These are all the biggest stars in the league who are all doing it. But it's like he thinks he's different or he thinks he's cool to do that to like, I'm bigger than all that. Like, I am so famous. It's so strange. I'm telling you, it, it is, is, and everyone just like, when you, you're like, oh, Russ, and then he puts the hand up and we all look at each other, we're like, what? What is he doing? Like, who, who, we're just wanting to say it's great to see you and what's your message for Seahawks fans? But I think he thinks it's cool to not do the questions. Like, you know, you'll see a, a premiere of a movie and it's, um, who the hell knows, Russell Crowe or like Denzel and they just, they don't do the media or they walk in really quickly or, you know, Justin Timberlake goes to some party and doesn't do the media and like, whatever. 
I think that's what he thinks he's doing. And I've seen it firsthand. And uh, I was, uh, <laughs> when I told that story the first time, a few months ago on Good Morning Football, I got so many messages from NFL players. And a couple of them, very, very, very famous ones, that a couple of them text, a couple of them DM. And I'm not saying that's a brag. I've just, I work in the league for years and you start to know some of these people. And it was all like, thank God you said it. It's what everyone thinks. Finally, someone said it. I don't understand. That was so true. Everyone knows it. And it's, look, it sucks. I don't relish sitting here saying that guy's a poser. But I think it's pertinent to what's going on with the Denver Broncos. I do. I think he is an intensely image conscious person who is not the guy in the locker room that you believe in, that you're buddies with. I don't think he has it. And I don't think he ever will have it. And it's, it sucks because he was a really cool player and a really good player and really fun to watch. But I don't care who they bring in as to be their head coach. I do not think that the Russell Wilson Denver Broncos will become a thing um, because I just don't think Russ is that guy anymore. It sucks. I don't know if it's, it's kind of hilarious in a sense to laugh at the, the parking space thing. But in a way, it's also kind of sad. Lots of luck with that, Denver. Let's move on to... What are we doing? We're going right now... Oh! We're going to the cemetery. It sounds creepy and it sounds very morbid but it's the social media cemetery check this out when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I love that. That's so good. I do. I got a Grim Reaper hood on and a shovel, and we got a scary cemetery, and we got the logos. Here's the deal. Everybody's irritable right now. End of the year, Christmas is over, it's cold, it's, it's kind of just annoying. There's, no, there's gonna be months until it's nice again. And so you go on social media like we all do because we're fiends and addicts, and you look at things all day and you're like, I hate that, I hate that expression. I hate that gif, I hate that meme, I hate that line, I just hate that grammar. Perfect, that's what I want. Tap into that and send me things on social media that you want to put in the social media cemetery. I will bury them. It'll feel good. And then The Undertaker will say this. Rest in peace. <laughs> Let's get after it. I asked, in fact, in, in asking, I did the clap after every word thing. People are still doing that unironically. They still think that's like a cool delivery and it really makes them sound all fun and emphatic and sassy. God, that sucks. But here you go. Joe Goodberry, nice blue check mark, Joe. Joe said, okay, this is a good one. This is what we're gonna bury in the first entry of Social Media Cemetery. <sighs> Tell me you don't blank without telling me you don't blank. So 
this is great. This will be, you'll make a football observation, whatever it may be. You'll tweet, man, the, the, um, the Titans run defense really needs some help. And then someone will come back and will say, tell me you don't watch football without telling me you don't watch football. Ha! Like their way of saying, you just revealed that you're an idiot with that take. And I'm going to hit you with this super snarky thing that I saw from 5,000 other people do it. And I'm going to say, tell me you don't do this without telling me you don't do it. It's, it's awful. Because the person's so proud of it and they think they just completely owned you. It's a, it's a great entry because it is a pathetic little line that people do. And they follow someone else who did it. And someone probably did it to them and kind of hurt a little bit. So they want to take it and try to hurt someone else. Great entry. This has had a little run here. Stop doing that. People are watching this right now. You. And you may tweet tonight, watching the game, Titans-Cowboys, tell me you don't know the Cowboys secondary without telling me you don't know the Cowboys second. Don't do that. Think of an original construction of a sentence or an insult and use that. Don't use this anymore. Next, get out of here. Rest Next. This guy's Twitter handle is at sorry for my take. Hmm. So he probably has some takes that are like either brazen or just really crappy. All right, his, his entry, Social Media Cemetery, quote, and I'm here for it. <laughs> he goes on, no kidding, we're all here for it. So, and I'm here for it is, um, <laughs> stupid. Uh, Jamar Chase is living his best life against the Chargers. And I'm here for it. <laughs> That's so stupid. What are we doing as a people? This is how we communicate with each other. I'm laughing and I'm here for it because it's just so goofy and so dumb. And like, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know how that was created out of English. Yeah, it's just a way of saying, it's like strengthening your own take. You'll say something like, oh man, Kyler Murray is just on fire right now and I'm here for it. Shut up. Rest I'm here for that. Next. <laughs> that one that one hit me in the funny bone. Let's go. Josh Tapper says ratio. <laughs> Which makes me worried that someone will ratio this response. They probably will, Josh. You ever had this? I want to make sure I have this right. You tweet an opinion and uh, someone will just reply, ratio, or getting ratioed, they use it as a verb. That means if you get ratioed, that means that there are significantly more comments than there are likes. So the little quote bubble where someone responds to what you're saying is at, uh, who knows, at 361, and then the hearts are at like, you know, 25. So the ratio of comments to hearts is uh, off and makes you look stupid. Yeah, it's just a pathetic uh, regurgitation of some dumb word that someone said to them once. You don't even have a comment. If you hate what I say, do me the favor, at least have the dignity, to explain why you don't like it, or to create a retort, but to merely say, look, more people hate this than like it. You suck. Contribute to the conversation. Get out of here. Next. <laughs> Tim, he just tweets three words. Is that good? Question mark. All right, this is a, just this one isn't really offensive. It's just really geeky. Uh, someone tweets out. I don't know. Some some aggregator from the NFL tweets out. 
Um, Josh Jacobs has uh, you know eight carries for already 123 yards through the first quarter. That's just the tweet. This person replies, "Is that good?" Question <laughs> mark. LOLOL. It's just I, I mean I don't have a hatred for this one, but it just falls into most of these are just they're so unoriginal and it's on a given let's say six month time period there are like 10 or 11 things that you can say on twitter and you just go to that cabinet and say hmm should i say this with an arrow down should i say is that good should i say ratio and it's just is that good is the flavor of the year dorky little comments where you're just trying to say wow that's awesome that josh jacobs is really doing that well and instead of just merely retweeting it, which is an option, I have to add my inane little comment and say, is that good? He, he, he. I'm not even going to undertake that one because it's just nerdy. This doesn't piss me off. Let's see what the next one is. Let's see if... All right, this is great. Bradley or Brady Wine... Wendell. How the hell do you say that name? Brady Wendell. Tough last name, Brady. Sorry. He says three words. Hold my beer. All right, this is a little complicated. So Hold My Beer is, um, you've seen it before. Some player in the early window at the 1 o'clock games throws three interceptions and uh, everyone's just destroying him and he had the terrible game, terrible game. Then in the late window, let's say, I'll, sorry, Kyler Murray, I'll just say that as an example again. Let's say he throws two already in the first quarter and someone, someone will retweet the person talking about the earlier guy who did interceptions and then his comment will be, Kyler Murray, hold my beer, you know? Um, Sam Darnold throws two interceptions in fourth quarter. Kyler Murray, hold my beer. It's a way of saying you're sitting there and uh, I'm gonna get up and get involved in this and do something either much more extreme or much worse. Just hold my beer while I go to work and embarrass myself and defile the sport and then I'll come back and I'll get my beer. Now, I think when Hold My Beer first started getting talked about, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe even longer, I thought it was a funny image of someone sitting on a lawn chair who has to get up and probably ugh, groan when they get up and they got their beer in a koozie and they do whatever they do and they sit down and they still got my beer. I think it's a funny delivery and joke and it's just more of a funny image. Now, it's just very stock. It's very, very, very uh, cliche. It's not funny. It's not original. It's the kind of thing that unfunny people say when they want to say something that they think is funny. It's past, it's, it's, it's past, not only past its prime, it's, that beer has expired. That beer has gone skunky. Don't be hold my beer guy anymore. Look, I, I get it. If you're in a pinch and you need a piece of content or a little line, say hold my beer, but please just make that an emergency only. It's not funny. Everyone's seen it before. No one is amused. It's not great. Hold my beer and it needs to go. Get out of here. Next. In well, this is a perfect example. Asking for a friend is cousins with hold, hold my beer. Asking for a friend even longer ago, would you be like, um, you go on Twitter and you say, uh, does anybody know um, a good drywall guy in case someone got so mad about the ending of the Rams game that they punched through the drywall? asking for a friend because <laughs> it's not me who did it it's it's definitely a friend of mine who got that mad about uh cooper cup being short of the sticks that i punched through the drywall but it's a friend of mine it's a dumb it's not dumb it's it's kind of funny for a while ago like i feel like it's a sitcom kind of joke that we've all used it at one point but now it's just it's just very tired very tired 
Is there anyone who still thinks that's funny? Asking for a friend. This guy did a two for a two. I did a thing. I like this one. This, this one I won't kill because it's so bad and so cheesy and it reminds me of like, I don't know, friends that my wife has, like who would be on Facebook, like just moms on Facebook. And it's like, um, it'll be a young husband and a young wife and they'll hold up uh, like the keys to their new house. Or they'll be standing on like the Coldwell Banker Realtor sign that says, sold. And the caption will just be like, so we did a thing. And it's like, okay, they bought a house. That's really cool. But that's their funny caption. Just cheesy, dumb. <laughs> but I, I actually kind of have a soft spot for I did a thing. But asking for a friend, you got to die. Rest Next. In peace. <laughs> All right. Chris Kozak includes a, uh, a little attachment to his, and it is a, uh, a screenshot of a little memo that he drew up. The memo says, this dumb trend of people typing up an announcement in notes, screenshotting and posting. Bonus points for the cursor. That is great. And he's got this big fat cursor at the end of it. If you're doing a notes screen cap thing, you have to screen cap it when the cursor goes blank. Because I think it flashes, right? Keep trying to do the screen cap, even if it takes you 30 times, so that you don't see the big obtrusive yellow cursor at the end of your comments. Especially since the ones that are funny are like, um, some athlete will get popped for being on the juice. And he'll be like, this very earnest, like, I, it is my responsibility to go with what's in my body and I had a tainted supplement and I am aware that I let down my teammates and I can only promise these great fans that it will never happen again. Cursor, screen cap, memo pad. There must be a more eloquent conduit to your apology than the stupid memo app that like has the date on the top and it's like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins is down to 10% battery. Like it's just so hacky. Don't do that. Go to your agent, go, go to someone who can properly, go to the team's social media person and be like, listen, um, yeah, I got suspended four games. It's really embarrassing. They just paid me a huge contract. I'm the team's best player. I need to speak to the fan base. Can you give me just like a little more of a dress up on how I apologize for that? Sure, we got you. Don't just screen cap the notes app. That one's definitely what, what else? Is that it? That was a great one. Oh, okay. Blaze in KC. He says, check this out. He says, the now do guy. What is the now do guy? He continues, you could tweet a stat about Burrow's touchdown numbers and he'll say, now do Mahomes, as if it's a slight to recognize any achievements or stats by someone any than, other than your guy. That's a very nuanced selection because it's true. You can say, um, and it, I feel like the Mahomes example is good because if you're like Justin Herbert, incredible month of December, played really well. What a great guy. Bright future in the league. Look at these numbers. Then someone will retweet you and they'll say, great, now do Mahomes. Like, I'm not talking about Mahomes. There's nothing to do with Mahomes. I'm talking about Herbert. I'm trying to hype my guy and I'm a Chargers fan. I like Justin Herbert. He played a really good game. Does it all have to go back to whoever your favorite player is? This has nothing to do, I'm not slighting your player, I'm not ranking him above your player, I'm just having a moment. I'm just saying he's good, because he is good and he played well, but you have to say, now, oh, that's cute, now do my favorite guy. Now why don't you log off? Now do that. 
That's a great selection. I haven't thought about now, do guy, but it's usually some just kind of nerdy, football-obsessed fan with himself at the stadium with his face painted in his avatar, and anything other than his guy says, now do this guy. And you know what? Get him, Undertaker. I don't Rest like that now do this. Guys, you did a really good job with the social media cemetery. That was excellent. We only had a couple that I spared. And in doing that, we did a thing. Let's move on. Let's do a new thing where we get in Michael Flynn, who gives us some more headlines, go back to some NFL talk, and it's something that we call Brant Awareness. There he is. What's up, Flynn? And what was your favorite submission to Social Media Cemetery today? The I did a thing, or more likely we did a thing. Uh, you hit the nail on the head of what it is. We bought this house in January, and when we were contemplating doing our social media post for it, my th mind went to we did a thing, and then had to s stop and say no. <laughs> you can't say that. Everybody does that. So yeah, that one needs to die. Leave it in 2022. It's people who do we did a thing, they also they also will uh, go on vacation and go from the airport and sprint to the beach and just lie down and tweet like view for the week. You know, it's, it's so bad. Oh my god! All right, what's what's our headlines for the day? Yeah, uh, Thursday night football finale tonight is the Cowboys visiting Titans. It would take less time to detail who is playing for the Titans and who's <laughs> going to be inactive. Josh Dobbs, who was on the Lions practice squad a little over a week ago, will start at QB. Nothing matters for the Titans until next week's game in Jacksonville. Kyle, what are you watching for tonight? Al Michaels, I I'm so ready for ornery, pissed off Al Michaels. To be sitting there calling <laughs> Dak Prescott versus Joshua Dobbs. Because here's the thing about Al, and it's not subtle anymore. If this was a home game, like if this game was in LA, fine, I don't care what the matchup is. I just get my limo from my country club in Bel Air to SoFi, do the normal thing I've been doing for 50 years and go home. Al had to get on a plane, and LA to Nashville, where the game is, that's, that's not a short flight. And it's just, I think this game is going to be awful. <laughs> awful. I have no responsibility to promote this game. It's not on a platform that I work for, other than, you know, being an NFL game. But it's so funny because it's, um, it's a really good team in the Cowboys that could potentially win the NFC East. And then there's a team in Tennessee, which, like, is right there as well in the AFC South. So... It's not like they grabbed Texans-Bears and this is the game. There's stakes. And the Cowboys have all their stars out there. But it's just, I, I think I think the Titans are going to get crushed. Like, I, who knows? They could lose this game 38 to nothing. I, I just, it's also the plan. I like that Vrabel is doing this. Because if you're listening and watching and you don't understand, maybe you're not paying attention, the, um, the Titans have nothing that they can do with a win here in terms of uh, getting the playoff spot, in terms of winning the AFC South. Even if they were to beat the Cowboys, it does nothing. They have to beat the Jaguars in the last week of the season. So this game, absolutely no bearing on whether they make the playoffs at all. So you say, well, yeah, just bench everyone. Who cares? Well, they've lost five games in a row. So to go out there and take a shellacking and lose six in a row... It's, it, there's this debate about would it be worth it to just get a win and get some momentum? Not for Mike Vrabel, he made his choice. 
Derrick Henry's out. They're not even playing Malik Willis. Ryan Tannehill's injured. And I like the choice. I like it. Because some other teams might be like, no, 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 we got to get a win. We got to get off the schneid. Like, I think Vrabel's saying to his team, listen, take the week. It's a short week anyway. We already got to play a Thursday nighter. Players hate Thursday nighters. Take this week. Chill. Relax. Rest. And we're going to have it all go down to the week 18. And we're going to be ready and prepared for Jacksonville. And we're going to beat them. I don't even know if they prepared extensively for this game. If I think it's going to be Malik Willis in the last week, or if by some miracle Tannehill can bring it back, don't watch Cowboys film. Who cares? Watch Jags film now. Prepare for Jacksonville. It's a cool thing that he's done because I think some other coaches are like, no, 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 we play to win. Home game on national television, national media. We got to put our best guys out there if they're healthy. I don't think he is. And especially if they get down, screw it. Empty the bench. Why? For who? For what? To get a win? These are professionals. Next week, you got to be able to compartmentalize and be like, one game for the playoffs. We'll take that. We'll take it against a division team that we've beat up for years. I kind of like it. But the game tonight's going to be awful. Awful. Because the Cowboys are going to like pour it on and they're going to run the hell out of it. Pollard is out, but who cares? Like Dak should throw the ball 40, 50 times. Um, and they just might destroy this Titans team who isn't even really this Titans team. Weird game. But my short answer, Flynn, is that late in the season, Al Michaels, and this is the last Amazon game, if I'm not mistaken. So this is like, this will be his last call. Maybe he'll be happy for that. But Al has been palpably annoyed by some of these games, some of these circumstances. So one, grumpy Al Michaels I'm here for. Also, not subtle gambling reference Al Michaels, also here for. Never mind, never mind the Cowboys and the Titans. I'm here for Al, Flynn. That's it. It is the last Amazon game. I agree with everything mm. you said. The Joshua Dobbs thing is a whole new Amazing. level of not caring. Like, it's not Tannehill who you're sitting. Like, you want to see what you have in Malik Willis <laughs> and to just still to take the week off is just That's punting true. until next week. Uh, more NFC East. The injuries continue to pile up for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts still dealing with that shoulder, although he was at practice today. A.J. Brown had a knee issue yesterday, and Lane Johnson has a torn adductor that he's waiting to have surgically repaired until after the season. Kyle, Eagles more likely to be taken down by an opponent or their own injuries? I don't like the word adductor. I don't, I don't like that word. It's, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to spell. It doesn't sound healthy. And I think it's not just that these couple of these little scary injuries are coming up. Think about this. Your tackle and your quarterback. I hate that. If it was you know, your D lineman, or if it was your nickel, or if it was your tight end. That sucks, too. But I don't like this at all. They play New Orleans this weekend. New Orleans, who has a lot to play for. I don't like it. And Philly, in compiling this incredible record, having this great season, they've had fairly good injury luck. And the injury gods just pick and choose who they want to injure. They lost Derek Barnett, who's a pretty good player on their defense, their pass rusher, so he's out, and that's not great. But they haven't had, my God, like something, these other teams in the playoffs, the Niners or the Chargers, which just big names going down and going down consistently. They haven't, they've, they've kind of done well with that. And then sure enough, just as we're getting into the, the end of the season, like the, the prime, the, the stretch run, Jalen's out, Lane Johnson banged up and going to play through it. Ugh, I don't like it at all. I think this Eagles team, I don't think they're unbeatable, but I've said this before, they're, they're a masterpiece of talent and team building and just Howie Roseman, it's his finest work. And this is a guy with a Super Bowl ring, the Philly GM, they are stacked. They are not, they don't really have a, a true cons a consistent weakness. They have great players at every position, veterans, young guys, fast guys, strong guys. They just, it's a perfect team. And 
I don't. I think the only way you can beat really a perfectly constructed team is like, oh man, high ankle sprain, gonna miss a few weeks, hamstring pull. Then you know they haven't had the big ones like the Achilles. But I don't like this right now, and I still like Philly. But I would hate to see a team this good and this well constructed go down because, you know, they Lane Johnson had to leave the game and Gardner Minshew had to start the game for him. I just I I, I want this Eagles team to be ready when the playoffs start, and I don't know if they will be. Yeah, uh, hopefully they will be. I I'll let you know. I practiced adductor adductor, and I think I still got it wrong. You know, Google has this thing now where it will pronounce the word for you, and yeah. then it allows you to pronounce that word back and tells you whether you did it right or not. And I'm telling you, I did it seven or eight times, and I don't <laughs> think I got, I don't think I got it right once. I like uh, that you're getting in like a, a wall ball sesh before the game and trying to get it right because there's another option. I struggle with this too because I try to pronounce words right and, uh, on the air. You can have it say the word for you. You know that's that's been around for a while. But there's also an option to have you have them say the word for you slowly, so you can really understand it. So it'll be like a doctor, a doctor, and then you hit the close goes a doctor. <laughs> but I do think you still messed it up. I don't think it's Attiker. I think I think it's a doctor. But I might be wrong. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, finally, <laughs> Stefan Diggs took to Twitter with a take on cooking. We'll throw up the tweet yeah. quoting him. This whole cooking for yourself bleep, zero out of ten, wouldn't recommend. I'd be damn near too tired to eat after and then got to wash the dishes after. Yeah, nah. Kyle, are you a cooking guy? I like that you can't say a doctor, but you read the Stefan Diggs tweet perfectly <laughs> and stuck the landing on the yeah, nah. <laughs> um, well done, well done. And it's a massive yes for me. I, I love, love, love cooking. I have a chef's hat that I got uh, for last Christmas, Christmas 2021, that I put out on the weekends. I have like five or six things that I love to make. And it's interesting seeing that from Diggs that he just hated it. And he makes great points. I mean, the cleaning up sucks. I just hate the cleaning up. Um, but I love the cooking. It, it is, if, if I'm at my happiest of the whole week, on a Friday evening when I've had one and a half gin martinis and I'm sitting there braising ribs or grilling steaks or making pasta, I'm so happy. And I got the chef's hat on and the apron and my six-year-old loves to help. So I just like, and I got like five or six things that I make, that's it. I don't have a deep catalog, but I got a small handful of things that I just nail. And I love it. And it's, listen, I think Stefan Diggs is, is the exception. If you just, if you watch the, if you watch a lot of Food Network and if you're seeing, you know, foodie Instagram or foodie Twitter and all that, it, it is, we are a very strong group. And I would never use that obnoxious term of myself, the foodie, but I love watching cooking stuff. And I, I watch all those shows. I love Chopped. I watched uh, Triple D for years. Everybody knows. I love it. Brooke watches HGTV. I watch Food Network, and the Cooking Nation is strong. Flynn, I get I get vibes from you. If you have that many kids, you have to cook just to, to survive, even if it's just a microwave. But I, I would be willing to bet that you cook. Nah, I would use the term cook loosely. I have great respect mm. for you that you have four or five dishes. You know? I'm the, the, no, I'm the cleanup person. I have no problem cleaning dishes, oh. loading the dishwasher. My taking care of my kids during meals is like, you got that Kraft mac and cheese that is... 3.30 in the microwave, uh, the dino chicken nuggets are like 4.25 on the oven for 12 minutes. That, that's, a, that's about the extent of, of uh, what my kids get from me. <laughs> you go toaster oven on the dino nuggets or conventional oven? 
No, uh, my second oldest, my eight-year-old, is a very picky eater, and he will only—he oh. won't do microwave. He will only do crispy out of the actual oven, oh which takes a lot. Gosh. Takes a lot longer. So you can't like you would never um, like make a fancy like spaghetti and meatballs for you and your wife or grill a steak or it's just not, you would never do that. No, we're we're bit, she doesn't do it that often too because she's just busy. Um, but yeah, me, absolutely not. I'm completely incapable of doing anything in the kitchen. Let Flynn cook. That's what the people are saying. I'm telling you, that's the Don't. new rally cry. That's the hashtag. Uh, that's funny. Steph, I feel you. The cleanup does suck, but, um, hmm. I don't know. I, I'm surprised you don't cook Flynn. I'm not gonna say I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm just surprised. I thought you'd be like, oh yeah, you should see my, my braised ribs and my poached figs <laughs> that I put Like, I thought you were going to be way into it. Maybe it's uh, a new year's resolution. We'll work on it next year. All right, Mr. Dino Nugget, is that all the stories you have for today? That's all I got. All right, well, then we will see you Sunday night as our next Kyle Brand's Basement show. I'm going to throw a dart. Let's go to the Sky Cam, if you wouldn't mind. The boys are still playing laser tag outside. I can hear them, but I'm going to take a little walk over here to the dartboard. It has 20 numbers surrounding the dartboard. I'm going to throw this dart, and whatever number it lands on, I will do the corresponding topic, a little rant to end the show, unless I hit a bullseye, in which case we just end the show. That's what my staff tells me. And today's throw is a... That's a 20. That is 20 out of 20 right up top. I'm going to hit that bullseye so bad now. But the 20th topic, if we look at the topic list, is favorite wrestling finishing move. Oh, that's a great question. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Let's go to the sky cam right here. I have a visual aid for this. So I'm not even going to go over to the, uh, the Peloton like normal. But you see the mural that behind me, that this beautiful uh, mosaic that my guy painted, Pyrex Smith. Um, it's got all these things from 1991 that I love. And it's just, that's me, and there's the Ultimate Warrior, and there's the guys from Nelson, and that's Henry Hill from the uh, from Goodfellas, and that's Bob Saget, and that's the Wet Bandits. These are just all the things when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, fifth grade, and really falling in love with sports that I wanted, they were the people surrounding me. So you might think that it's the Ultimate Warrior, because he's my favorite all-time athlete, not just wrestler. But his finishing move was, you know, was the gorilla press slam where he'd kind of lift them up and then he would do the splash. And if you read anything or believe anything that all the older wrestlers say is that the warrior was not that great in the ring. In fact, he was terrible in terms of his athleticism and his moves and stuff. He just had a great gimmick and he was really energetic. But, I'll tell you what, my second favorite wrestler, this guy right there. Do you know who that is? Next to the Vanilla Ice and above Buster Douglas and next to sixth grade me? That's Mr. Perfect. The late Mr. Perfect in his bright yellow singlet that he would wear and his bright yellow hair. He was, uh, I love Mr. Perfect, especially when Bobby Heenan was managing him and he would do the thing with the towel. Um, he had everything that you liked. He was cocky. He had those hilarious commercials where he would throw the ball and then catch it. And he could do every sport and he could putt. And his finishing move was perfect. It was called, it was called the Perfect Plex. It was a suplex, rebranded the Perfect Plex. And sure enough, what he would do is, um, normally when these guys suplex each other, they kind of grab their little trunks or they grab a part of them and then flip them over onto the back. Mr. Perfect would actually grab their leg and they would, he, would, he would pull their leg up and then suplex them with their leg so that when they landed in the suplex, he was already in the position of holding their leg for the pin. So in one swift motion, you would lift them up off the ground in the suplex and you would go directly into pinning formation, hence the perfect plex. 
and the referee was always right on it, and bam, 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 and it is over. Mr. Perfect, gone, uh, but not forgotten. Perfect Plex, my favorite wrestling finishing move. And that's it. You guys are my favorite people because you come into the basement, even on a handheld camera that feels a little bit Blair Witchy. Tweet the show anytime you want at KB Basement. Guys, we'll be back Sunday night to review the all the Sunday action. Uh, I will be doing that show from Los Angeles, which my production staff and I should probably talk about. So I will not be in the basement because I'm going out of town. I'm going to the Rose Bowl Parade. My wife's a California native and she's always wanted our kids to go see it. So before they get too old, we're going to go. So I'm getting on a plane to LA tomorrow. I'll do the basement somehow from there. In the meantime, miss you, love you. Please exit through the garage. Close the door on your way out. Be a dear. Thank you. See you guys.